Alright, alright, what the fuck is up, people? This is Ron Sense, and this is Ron. What's going on? Bachelorette is back, is what's going on, right? Katie's season. Uh, obviously, I was already pretty excited about this season coming out, and I know in like the previous seasons here of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I've kind of like tailed off on my kind of episodes... But it's just sort of one of those things. One, I, I just was being kind of lazy about getting the podcast out uh, in a timely fashion in, in regards. And some of it was just like some of the episodes just honestly didn't like it was almost like it just didn't feel like worth covering, you know, like I'd watch. But I was like, you know, there'd be moments of entertainment. But I'm like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to talk about this for, you know, basically any amount of time because it's just kind of like it just felt like, blech, you know, but so uh and, you know, I guess in part of that is, like, maybe, like, the COVID seasons are kind of a little bit, you know, they've been a little bit more um, reserved because they're kind of restricted on what they can do. But I was actually thinking about this because, so this season here, we're in this beautiful resort in New Mexico. And, uh, like, this resort looks dope. And I'm and I'm sort of like, well, this is kind of like, I, I guess when you think about it, it these COVID seasons, if you, if you wanted to say one good thing about it, is that, um, y- you know, pr- like prior, right, they were always in the uh, mansion. And then the travel that they did largely, uh, except for like, you know, abruptly that one time that <laughs> in Peter's season where they go to Cleveland, is kind of like places that you already wanted to go to. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they go somewhere in Europe, they go somewhere like in, you know, Asia, they go to like nice, nicer spots in the U.S. Uh, again, other than Cleveland. And and so it was like, it wasn't, you, you know, they go to fucking, what was uh, Nick's season? They went to fucking like Finland or something, you know, like they, they go to places that are like already kind of on your list of where you would go. And I think what's been kind of good about the COVID seasons is obviously the the Claritasia season, whatever, is in Palm Springs. So, again, it's kind of like somewhere where it's – you already know about Palm Springs, right? Like if, if you had an interest in going to Palm Springs, you've already – like if you didn't – let me put it this way. If you didn't have interest in going to Palm Springs, you already knew that, right? Like it wasn't like it just wasn't somewhere you had ever considered. Um but since then, right, with Matt season and Namicolon, uh, I think that that gives a lot of spotlight to, like, how pretty uh, Pennsylvania can be and, like, how nice that area is. And then now we've got New Mexico, right? I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I never really considered the idea of ever going to New Mexico. Uh, you know, I've been close to New Mexico because I've been to, like, southwest Colorado, uh, like the Durango area. Uh, and I, and I've spent some time in, in Arizona briefly as well. So I, I'm like familiar with that sort of general region, but I had never like considered the idea of going to New Mexico, but I can tell you what, after it's like seeing this Hyatt like resort there, I'm like, damn, New Mexico looks fucking dope. Like I would go there. Right. So that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, that's kind of been like a, a good result of like the, the, uh covid seasons where they're kind of more locked into like wherever it is that they are um so 
we get right into it, right? Katie, first of all, looks stunning. You know, no shocker there, though. She's exceptionally gorgeous. And, you, you know, she's kind of... I mean, I know it's not that far removed, but she's kind of how we remember her to be. She's very, um, l- like, fun and bubbly while being, like, laid back in that sort of, like, you know, she she's not taking anything too seriously. She's fun. She's and, – and even in, like, this state where she's probably the most nervous – well, I mean, I guess the most nervous she's probably been was when she was initially on Matt's season. But I don't think, obviously, the cameras and whatnot captured that nervousness as much as they do here because she's the spotlight of the show. But even in, like, this heightened state of nervousness, you could see, like – Compared to most people, she was still quite cool, you, you know, so that's kind of good. And and, and I, I had said this during Matt's season, and, and in fact, I think I may have even said it on the podcast, is that I could see Katie getting a Bachelorette season because uh, similar to like what my thoughts were with Tasha, were that it seems evident that she has enough personality to really carry the show and, and allow for like the show to be interesting and to be fun and all that. Um, you know, I mean, and I, and I guess, you know, we kind of had the same thing with Hannah, right? Like Hannah's season, it was also one where it felt like, uh, you know, she had the personality and whatnot to carry the show. And, and, and so really happy. This is actually one of the things they've done really well, at least it, like, I haven't been, I, I started watching the bachelorette, I guess, what was it with Rachel Lindsay's season? Because I really liked her on Nick's season. Uh, and actually, I guess Nick's season was, what, my first Bachelor? So I guess I've pretty much been watching the shows uh, pretty much an equal amount of time. So I, I'm not as familiar, which is in part, like, kind of we'll get into it, why like I don't have that much interest in Caitlin Bristow. But uh, th- I feel like at least since I've been watching, they've done a really good job of, like, getting that the the... Uh, the the girls from the Bachelor seasons who are clearly, like, capable of being the spotlight, right? Because, like, of course, right, the show, like, the whole idea is, right, to find love and to get married and all that, blah, 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 right? But the, the time is, the time spent on the show is disproportionately going to be aimed at the bachelor or the bachelorette right so you have to be interesting to the audience right like that it's hard to mask if you're just not like fun enough for cool you know kind of like you just don't have a like something that like people connect with or like draws their attention and with the women it just feels like they've done like i think that rachel was very much uh is obviously been shown to be uh you know, gripping is probably the the best word that I'm looking for. Hannah uh, felt that way. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing someone. I almost feel like I might be missing someone, but H- Hannah felt that way. And then, well, and then I guess they kind of flopped with Claire, but I guess they kind of got that like resolved really quickly. And then they went to Tasha, who you know, rightfully so, was another one who should have had an opportunity to be on the show. I mean, obviously she got on Bachelor in Paradise and 
And so I feel like that only reinforced what we knew about about Tasha and, and her ability to like be fun and interesting and bubbly and, and charismatic. And now, you know, that's my opinion of Katie. And I think through the first episode that I, I feel like that's been shown to, to remain true here. Uh, you know, as opposed to the guys, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, because like, you know, Colton was sort of like, ah, eh, whatever. And Peter was just like kind of dull. And, and so, and then, I mean, Matt James was, was good. I, I liked Matt a lot. But, you know, so you, you've had a lot more misses, it feels like, on the Bachelor side of things as, as opposed to the Bachelorette. But anyway, so uh, it, it did definitely feel weird. The whole episode felt weird not having Chris there. Um, I, I am holding out hope. You know, obviously, I, like I've displayed over and over, I'm a huge Tasha fan. A huge Tasha fan. And so I'm really holding out hope that she's going to kind of... Uh, fit into this role nicely as playing that sort of host kind of uh, role. And I'm keeping expectations low because I think the one thing that is going to be hard for people, right, is they're going to be like, well, it's not Chris. But, like, Chris did this show for, like, 20 years, right? So, like, he got a lot of time in there to kind of really polish it up, get a feel for how to, you know, all the strings to pull, you know, everything like all the subtleties of that role that we have appreciated of chris throughout his time uh you know that's a well-crafted kind of art what he's doing and so like i i think that it's reasonable to give uh the ladies time to see if they can start to kind of grasp on to those same types of qualities and 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 whatnot and i i, I definitely feel that way about Tasha. Uh, and like I said, because I didn't really watch those earlier seasons of the show, uh, I just, Caitlin Bristow just doesn't resonate with me in, in any way. Like, she doesn't really grip me. It's not interesting to me. Um, so it's whatever. Like, I, I know that there's a lot of people who are big fans of her, and that's great. And maybe, like, I'll start to like her more throughout the season. But just as of right now, my, my opinion's very indifferent. Like, it, I don't care much for her to be there it's not like i'm like oh she shouldn't be there it's literally indifference that like whether she was there or not would just doesn't impact me but taisha i'm very excited about to hopefully see if she can grow into this uh so i i, I mean we we kind of start off right as, as normal we see the guys and we have some interesting, we have certainly some characters, I guess, to some degree, right? So we start off with Connor B, who's from Nashville, and I'm kind of like, of course, there's something about this thing, right, like with this show, that they just feel like they, at every time, they have to just hit these, like, Tennessee stereotypes. It, it's actually pretty funny, right? I mean, Jed's the musician, um, you know, not only the musician, but then he gets gets played out to be like the dirtbag, like bad guy, even though like that's I, I think at this point, a lot of us understand that to be a pretty bullshit, you know, story uh, that that's kind of been quite the sort of smear against Jed. But, uh, you, you know, like he's the musician. Right. And then now we got Connor B, who's a school teacher, but also a musician. Of course, you know, it's like. Everyone in Tennessee, right, has got, some, for some reason, everyone from there is a fucking musician. And then, I mean, Hannah Ann is sort of, like, your, 
you know, in her time was kind of like this very much quintessential Southern Belle model kind of girl, like hometown, you know, that kind of vibe. So is. Uh, you know, even there, it's like, it just feels like you're just like, oh, of course that person's from Tennessee, right? Like, it, from like that more national perspective. So he's like, you know, we see him, uh, what, he's fucking like playing a ukulele in the bathtub or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, but uh, he's a teacher, which is always nice. It's it's like the one thing that I, I always like spend a lot of time on in the initial episode and maybe even like into the second episode is what their job is i i I mean just to me i think that tends to give you a decent background on them it it gives you some sort of background on them at least and it also like you you know you very much you very legitimately have to consider the fact that you're going to get married to someone and that like you would like for them to have uh financial stability Right. I I mean, it's one thing that I guess, you know, obviously most of these people, I mean, I guess I don't know about most, but a large amount of these people basically get to financial stability through like tangential fame because their Instagrams blow up and, and then they're kind of involved in bachelor nation stuff. And they kind of get into this web where they sort of like they're just somehow making money off of being tangential to the bachelor nation. Um, you know, and, and whether it's getting on more shows and whatnot, but you know, it's sort of like this thing where it's, it's like, you'd like to see that if you kind of stayed out of like the limelight afterwards, like, could you be something like that, that is stable? Right. It's not you don't have to be rich. You just have to have something that like is a job, you know, like something something where you're certain of like how you're going to be able to live. And not to mention, I think a lot of times with the winners and whatnot, you know, like they don't always get that same level of uh, bat. Like it's almost like it's more financially profitable to not win. Uh, which is kind of like this interesting dynamic, right? Because and and like you know, because some people maybe don't want the limelight after the fact and whatnot. But certainly, right? I mean, Tasha has still been in the limelight. Of course, she started her podcast, and then she gets on, you know, and then she is you know now onto this. But like Zach, you know, is is largely kind of off the radar now. At least you know, I, mean, I think he still has like Instagram or whatever, but. He certainly doesn't have the same visibility that Tasha does. Now, obviously, Tasha had a lot of visibility prior, so this isn't anything new, but it kind of does further my point, right? Her not winning Colton's season was very good for her. I mean, in more of the ways than one, obviously, now with Colton having come out gay, and so that that would have been quite the, um, you know, and, and like, obviously, like, how things kind of played out with him and Cassie and whatever restraining order type of thing was kind of going on there, so... Uh, that certainly would have kind of blown up in her face in a way that would be, you know, it's not a like, oh, before everyone freaks out, not a bad thing that Colton's gay. That's not what I'm saying. Although I was saying from the beginning of that season, I'm pretty sure he's gay. Uh, it's just that obviously from her perspective, right? Like she kind of goes through this whole, you, you know, somewhat traumatic thing like that is the Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, right? It, it is sort of traumatic in a way. Like it's very stressful. 
It's very like high strung. It's competitive while also trying to be emotional and and like find love. And then like you go through that whole thing to be with someone who then ends up like you know they're just not they just don't have that feel like they just don't have that feeling for you in that same way, right? Like they're just not biologically. I just think I hit my microphone. They're not biologically wired to be attracted to you, so it's like you can't right you can't be married to them like at that point i I mean i guess you could like but if like that's kind of the arrangement you're looking for but more than likely not the arrangement you're looking for right so um but anyways right her not winning it was got her on a bachelor in paradise gets her into bachelorette gets her a podcast gets her all these things like it's consistently the people who don't win win the most (laughs) you know sort of in in that way but um, anyways, I, I, I mean, I kind of totally lost my, my train of thought here, but we'll just kind of get back to it. So we saw Connor B, uh, Carl was the next person we saw who's a motivational speaker from Miami. And I'm just like, boom, red flags, right? Because it's back to my, oh, the job stability thing. It was all kind of, I'm like motivational speaker. What the fuck is that actually, right? I know what a motivational speaker is. I I understand that there are some motivational speakers who are very successful. It seems like quite the niche business to be in and like doesn't like, and I'm like from Miami, I'm like, this seems like bullshit. I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it just doesn't sound right to me and then you get brendan our token canadian right we always have to have a canadian on uh the bachelor and bachelorette and inevitably one of the large points is just like are they going to be willing to are you going to be willing to move to canada are you going to be willing to move to los angeles or wherever the fuck you know it just it always comes down to that but there's always Canadian. He's a firefighter, though. That's cool. And that's a stable job. We need firefighters. Those are, you, you know, that's an interesting, um, you know, certainly a life-threatening job. So that brings in some tension, I'm sure. But it's a cool job. It's cool that that's, like, what he's interested in. Uh, Andrew S. I am a, I'm a big fan of Andrew S. Uh, and, and we get a lot. I, I think that he... I mean, even in his initial look, you're like, oh, he's playing football in Vienna. That's kind of weird. I mean, I guess as far as the whole like job stability thing goes, um, I'm a bit hypocritical here to not question too much like how good of a job is that, you know, because like obviously football has a very short lifespan. You're playing it in Vienna. What's, you know, how much visibility is that? And then also like, so that means you have to go live in Vienna, like, so then, you know, how long do you live in Vienna? How long are you home? How is that whole dynamic work? But I'm ignoring all of that because I think he's really cool. And I also think that when he actually gets introduced and he does the British accent thing and he's kidding, like I just, it was very clever. And I just, I, he's very charming in a way that I, I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I, I really hope that uh, he turns out well. So... Uh, and then we get, <laughs> I guess, sort of now we're kind of playing into it. It's not quite another tokenism quite yet, but it seems like this is one of those things that somehow is just, just apparently we just have to have these, these people. We've got Mike, gym owner, former baseball player. And I'm like, 
All right, gym owner, cool. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a cool job. That's an interesting job. That's certainly, um, I, in my opinion, a stable, good job. Like, that's that's awesome uh, and interesting, of course. And, you know, used to play baseball. You love to see that. Former athletes are always appreciated here, right? We like those. Uh, and then it just, like, takes this turn and he's just like, I'm a virgin. And, like, this whole thing of, like, morally, it's just not for me. You know, everyone thought I was a player, but I'm just not. That's not me. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, look, it's, I'm not judging. I, I'm, like, I'm not judging it in the, like, I, I know that, you, like, some people are like, oh, like, you know, like, it's his life. He can do what he wants. I agree, okay? What I'm saying is how is like the how I mean, and this comes how's the average person really going to connect with a 31 year old virgin like this that's my problem like and, and i'm not saying like it's not okay he's the average person i mean statistically like the amount of people out there in the dating world especially that are in that upper 20s early 30s area like, how many of them really have this ability or desire to connect with someone who is a 31-year-old virgin? It's just, like, and the saving yourself from marriage thing is, like, I... Look, again, I'm not judging you do you. It's just, like, to me, it just seems, like, so impossibly... Like, un, it just doesn't feel like it's something that, like, is relatable. It's not relatable. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it's literally not relatable for me, but, like, and for most people, uh, you know, because most of us have had sex at some point, like, after, I don't know, by by 18 years old, like, most of us have had sex. By 20 years old, like, all of us, like, basically, that, you know, anybody I've known or, you know, like... It, it's so then you go 11 more years past where like i'm already certain like 99 of people have had sex like it's just like and it's not even like it's that like i mean obviously it's a component of the relationship but it's like it's not um i don't know i've never found it to be that much of like such a fucking like sticking point on a relationship like it's cool and you know, generally speaking, both both parties enjoy it and like, and it's fun and and whatever. And it's like a it's very intimate, of course. Um, you know, sometimes some it doesn't always have to be intimate. Uh, and certainly in like the more social settings of being single and you know just kind of having like casual sex with people or whatever is still like a lot of fun. And there's a lot of you know. Uh, <sighs> I don't know what's the word for it, but it's fun. It's it's interesting. It's something. It's you, you know, like whatever. So it's just so not relatable, and it just it's so hard for me to imagine. Like, would you really like? I just think about like this, and especially from a woman's perspective, I feel like this is almost actually amplified because it's one of those things, right? Like, this is actually kind of where that double standard. Um, works back into the favor of women or like not back into the favor of women but like where like that double standard actually kind of tilts 
toward towards them in a way, right? Because there's always like that double standard of like, oh, you know, women aren't allowed to have sex as much as like men are, right? Like, oh, you know, because then it becomes like slut shaming or whatever it is, right? You know, like there's sort of like this taboo of, um, you know, it's like when a when a when a man has sex with a bunch of women, he's a pl- women, he's a player, and when a woman does, it, she's a whore, and. And, and, you know, it's like, I, I don't exactly subscribe to that, although I do want to point out, right, it actually, it takes skill to get laid as a guy. It does not take skill to get laid as a woman. And so that is an important difference that I, I think, like, is just a real actual difference. Like, it's not a double standard thing, not a stereotype thing. It is just that f- to get laid that often as a guy is exponentially harder than it is as a woman. And so... Uh, it gets treated differently in that way, right? Like, so that, you know, that those are, that's just the facts, right? I mean, this is no, I don't think that anyone would, I, I don't think that in your right mind, you can contest that as, as a, like, not to be a fact, right? Like, this is just obvious and, and everyone knows it. Um, and you can at me all you want because I will defend that point to the death it is just obvious now whether or not there needs to be a lot of stigma and shame around it uh, i mean i'm not i'm not here to cast you know castigate people or whatever i'm just pointing out that that fact does make the the like a legitimate reason for a somewhat of a double standard in terms of how it's perceived but this is where it slides back right when a guy is a virgin, right? Like even like we talk about like Colton when he's like he is a virgin. That is weird. It is. Like th- and this I'm not saying this is a judgment thing, right? This is I I know it comes off as like oh it's judge you're judging him for like being a virgin or whatever. It's not that I'm judging him. It's that it will just like subconsciously red flag, right? Like I think a lot of women would feel like that's that's getting on weird, right? Because like, you know, there was one thing like if a guy was a virgin in college, like let's say even like up to, you know, 21, 22 years old, something like that. Like I think a lot of girls at that time are kind of like it's almost like it, it's a, almost a game to them, right? Because they're kind of like, you know, I, I kind of want to fuck them because like I want to get there first type of thing. Like as kind of like a, you know, just kind of like a it becomes a game, right? Like, once you start getting to, like, 30, it's kind of like, why are you still a virgin? <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing that's where it, it's weird. And I'm not meaning in a judgeful way. It's just, like, how have you not, like, ended up in a situation where you had sex? Like, it's just really fucking hard at that point not to, even as a guy. I, I mean, like, so... That's where it starts to become like red flag territory. Now, on the other end of that, though, for a woman, if a woman's a virgin at 30, there's no guys who generally is going like red flag. Now, there's also because there's a lot less red flags in the eyes of men than there are in the eyes of women, right? There's a, there's a lot less things in, in like, you know... Um, in broad spectrum that kind of throw guys off the same way that like, there's a lot of very like weird things that would throw women off. For example, right. We have, uh, I'll even skip ahead. Right. Who is this fucking guy? The we like the creepiest motherfucker of all time. Um, 
Jeff, this fucking guy, shows up with his weird haircut in a RV that just I might as well he might as well have been driving a giant red flag. That was a creepy fucking RV. Uh, and then his job title was surgical skin salesman. That sounds horrifying. It like my initial thoughts was I was like, what? It sounds like that makes me think like you're just fucking skinning people. That is fucking bizarre. It was so weird. Like I, I was like, if ABC was pitching a show of like a new a new show where like the the it's about a serial killer, they could have just been like the serial killer is a surgical skin salesman and drives an RV, and I would have been like believable. That sounds believable. So I was just like, immediately, I'm just like, this is so weird. And then like, and then he brings her onto the RV and he's eating celery. And it's like, who eats celery in that context ever? And I was just like, that's fucking weird. And like, literally, I don't think there's a single woman that I've ever met that would have been like, that would have been even remotely been interested based on those factors. In contrast, if that was Katie on that fucking bus doing that job and everything, there would be so many fucking men lined up happy to get on that fucking RV, let me tell you, okay? So that's what I mean, all right? That that RV, if you roll swap and that's a woman... That RV is not a red flag. The fucking celery is not a red flag. And frankly, if she's a serial killer, it might still be worth it. As far as a guy is concerned. So that is where it plays differently. Okay. So, you know, that's an important factor here. That That's, that's what I mean by, like, the, the balance tilts when it comes to the whole virgin thing and also uh how we perceive red flags within uh potential sexual partners anyways again i'm tangenting so much here so i apologize let's see where were we we love andrew s mike jim owner uh being a virgin we had to have the virgin on there just yep we covered that uh justin made this really cool painting with the roses uh that was Really impressive. And also, the way he uses that later, very smooth. Where he's like, you know, he has the center of it still unpainted and that he wants her to fill the void and stuff like that. That was very clever. That was very clever. So, I, I you know, at first I was sort of like, ah, this Justin guy seems a little weird. But you, you know what? That that painting, I actually, I found that to be really, really impressive. Uh, Greg. Oh, wait, no, no, no Sorry. Trey, my this is my favorite person so far by like by a lot. Trey is like Trey just feels really relatable. He feels very interesting. He sounds very fun. He sounds like a real human being. Um, I don't even remember what his job was because I just was like the moment he started talking, like I just felt like I really like this guy. 
You know, like this guy sounds like a guy that I could like have a beer with and and enjoy like the company. You know, I, I was like, you know, how I was literally looking I'm like, how far is it to Covington, Georgia? Can I go meet this guy? Because he sounds like a cool dude. So I, I like really even just in like the, the initial meeting of Trey, I was just like, I am smitten. Right. Like. I, I've got to be honest. So, so Trey is my front runner right now, personally. Uh, next person who kind of comes up is Greg, who looks like a chotch. Now, I've seen pictures since where he actually looks really good, and like I know that some of the the girls that I was watching, uh, you know, Alicia and some some other friends of ours who were watching with us on Monday, uh, agreed that he is very attractive. And it took me a minute. I saw some pictures. I'm like, okay, I guess I see it. But he still looks like a chotch to me. That middle part on the hair, just not doing it for, like, he just looks a little chotchy. And so, uh, I don't know. I'm not in on it. And then he gets the first rose later. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just not there. I'm not there with him. Not there with him. Maybe I'll grow into him. But right now, uh, you know, the the girls love him, I, th- I think. But... Yeah, I don't know. As a guy, I'm not. I'm not sold. Um, and okay, so now is like right. That was kind of like those intro videos, whatever. And like Katie's outside standing, you know, waiting for the guys or whatever. And then Tasha and C- Caitlin sneak up on her, and it seems like she was like genuinely shocked that they were there. So it seems clear that where when they were filming this was before they had announced that it would be Caitlin and Tasha who were hosting it. Because it seemed like she was like, I don't know who's going to be helping me. And then it ends up being them. She seems super, super excited when she sees them. Um, it was weird because it was like she was out there waiting for the guys. And then she's like, can we go inside? And then they go inside for a little while. So it was like kind of funny. It was like, uh, I mean, weren't you standing out here to like meet the guys? And like, okay. So, because it's like you could have snuck up on her inside, right? I mean, so anyways, that you know that was fun it was cool whatever but um and then so then we kind of start getting introduced to more guys we had andrew m who's a a deputy district attorney lives in california uh he looked his looks and his job title and where he's from all point me in one direction which is douche it's just my initial like that's just how my brain works i just you know like you know, I generally think, uh, a, you know, attorneys are douches and my attorney friends, they know this because they know that they are douches. And so the, you know, that's just the long and short of it. We, we know this to be true. And then if you're a deputy DA in California, I mean, you're just probably a douche. I, I think statistically odds are in favor of that being true. So we'll see. Cause I think he got a rose. If I'm not mistaken. So we shall see. Um, let's see. And then we got another Tennessean, Nashville guy, uh, David, who, I mean, I guess he was like, he said he's like a New Yorker, but I guess he lives in Nashville now. Uh, now, this was like a big, like, this made no fucking sense to me. His job title. Technical Product Specialist. What? the fuck is that that doesn't mean fucking anything technical product specialist doesn't even give you a hint 
as to like what the fuck that is. Like, what the fuck? It's so obnoxious. Like that's like that's like one of those like desktop titles that like you give to someone who's like not doing shit. You know, like, and I'm not saying that he doesn't do shit, alright? I'm just saying that that title screams I don't do shit. Technical product specialist is the most bogus fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, and he was also wearing capris. Like, I mean, those weren't like the shortcut pants. Those were fucking capris. Those were like, what the fuck are those? So, again, why is it that these people from Tennessee always have to be fucking bizarre okay why um and then the next one was michael whose title job title was business owner equally fucking useless title like business owner what the fuck is that what business why would why could you not say what fucking business right like we've had um People in the past where it's like salon owner or, you know, fucking garage owner or whatever the fuck, you know, like something. Business owner? What the fuck is that? Like, I could be like, I'm a business owner. I have a fucking podcast or something like that, right? But like, this podcast ain't paying the bills, I tell you that. The fuck? The fuck is that? Uh, Also, I think he's from like Akron, Ohio. There's no business going on in Akron, Ohio. That's ridiculous. All right. We all, we all know that to not be true, okay? Um, and he hands her a watch, and he's like, hey, you know, this has been in my family's history for like 200 years. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this shit? And then he's like, oh, I just got it at the airport. Hilarious. That was a good fucking move. So, like, I, I like this Michael guy just because that was a clever move. Like, I, I thought that was very funny. It was very jarring. So, I liked that. Um, oh, yeah. And I had missed this part, but, like, she said that Greg looked like her ex. Um, oh, because, yeah, the, yeah, like, because then Greg shows up and he kind of is like, oh, whatever. And, and she goes, Greg looks like my ex. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I was like, that's fucking. I was like, that sucks for Greg, honestly, because that's not. That's not fair, okay? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say we've all been there, but I think a lot of us have been in one situation or another where, like, there's some sort of something in the past that's, like, so unfair that gets assigned to you. Like, I, I remember, for example, at one point, like, I, I was, like, pursuing pursuing someone, like, back in college who um, had previously, like, had a, a long-term boyfriend whose name was also Aaron and like they still were kind of like getting over and whatever and I'm like well I'm fucked but you know like you can't you can't recover from that shit that's like you know so you're just like all right well okay peace then I guess you know that's the end of that like right when I found that out I was like okay well yeah we will stop barking up that tree because that is not gonna work you you know so it's like one of those things it's like it sucks for Greg and hopefully like Hopefully, then, you know, like, she's over that ex in a way that, like, it's not going to get weird that he looks like him, I guess. Especially because she was sort of, like, very explicit about, like, I don't have a type. And so, like, that, 
It's not like him looking like her ex necessarily does him any favors. Um, and then we get Gabriel, who's pff, these fucking jobs. Entrepreneur. What the fuck is that? 35-year-old entrepreneur. How about what the fuck are you entrepreneuring? Are you fucking selling phones door to door? Like, what the hell is this? You're fucking out here selling typewriters, like Pursuit of Happiness or some shit. What are you doing? Like, entrepreneur. And then he does the creepiest hug of all time. Where he's like, they just like hug. And then they like do these deep breaths. And then he kind of goes in for this like kiss that like, I don't think he meant to kiss her on the cheek. It looked like he was kind of going in for more than, than, than just that. And this is one of those things, by the way, where it is so ridiculous that, like, the the standard for which, like, what is creepy for, like, men to do or not is so weird and so, un like, just impossible as a guy to determine until after the fact. Because she was into it, like, afterwards. Like, she was looking back at him. She was like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Like, she was, like, smitten by him. At least that's how the cameras made it look. Now, if that is not true because it was, like, weird editing, then I rescind, you know, that that statement. But they made it seem like she was into that based on how she kind of kept looking at him afterwards and how, like, she thought he was, like, hot and, and whatnot. Let me tell you what. If he wasn't hot... She would be so fucking out on that hug. All right? That was so weird. It was weird. Okay? I watched that and I cringed. I couldn't believe... I was like, this is so fucking gross, this hug. I can't even... Like, I just couldn't even begin to imagine randomly meeting someone... And that, like, I'm interested in, like, trying to become interested in romantically and going with that. So that was fucking bullshit. Because any random Joe Schmo comes up to her, like, that's not fucking working. So that was bogus. Um, and then we get this guy, John, who literally looks like a plastic figurine from the 1920s. Um... Marty, I believe this guy's name was, who's a dancer from Reno. And I just feel like that means he's a male stripper. Um, that's like, I just, I was like, dancer from Reno? That's a male stripper. What the fuck else is there? What other dancers are there? In Reno? It's gotta be it. I'm serious. It's gotta be it. I'm not kidding. Like, watch it come out. There's nothing wrong with that. No judgment here. Just saying. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, let's see. Yeah, so we, we already covered Jeff. Creepy fucking van. Creepy job. Uh, this guy James comes in a box. This is the... First of all, you know what? I want to be like very clear on this. This is the most genius fucking move on in the history of me watching this franchise was that he stayed in that box until she made him come out. Fucking genius. First of all, hilarious. Like, 
He's just in this box, has this conversation with her. He's like, oh, if you want to open your present, you got to come find me inside. Hilarious. Then it's like he cuts to him like sitting with the guys. He's just still in the box. That is so fucking like comedic gold that he's just still in this fucking box. This absurd large box. And here's why it's genius. Because she has to open it up. She has to like spend time like like seeing him and then talking to him, right? Like because everyone else she sees them come out, they say like hi, whatever, and then you, you might not actually get a chance to talk to her later before the rose ceremony. So like hopefully you made such a good first impression there. This is like guaranteed then it's like she's like all she's going to be thinking about is like who the fucks in that box, right? So then She's going to take the time to go alone with you so you can come out of the box and then have a conversation. Genius. Fucking genius. And of course, like, I mean, he gets a rose. Like, it was such a good move to guarantee that you actually get, like, time to talk one-on-one. It's the most perfect move in, in possibly the history of the Bachelor franchise. So I'm a big fan of James. Um, I don't know if he knew Right? Like, I don't know if he knew how smart this idea was. Like, I don't know if he was just kind of going for the joke that, like, you just keep stringing it out and it's funny. But that was fucking not only funny, but really smart, like, strategically for guaranteeing yourself a rose. Uh, and then, let's see. Um, Cody is a zipper salesman. Like, at this point, people are fucking with us, right? That can't be a thing. Um... And he brings a blow-up doll, which is funny. Like, A, is funny in isolation. Uh, But B is obviously also funny because it kind of harkens back to her bringing a dildo or a vibrator, whatever you want to call it. Um, And the big flop here, though, with with this, right, is that, you know, it's kind of funny, right, because, like, Tasha's like, oh, it cannot have a name, right? And then he says the name. Now, let me tell you something. He says the name of his this fucking blow-up doll is Sandy. You can't name an apparatus that only exists to be a vagina Sandy. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because now she's just Sandy Vagina. No. No, no, no. No, that, that, I was like, oh my God, you can't name this thing Sandy. It's like the one name you can't go with. You can't go with Sandy. I mean, Jesus. Um, oh, and then Brand. so now, now we get to Brandon who shows up in a cat suit. And I said this because everyone we were watching with is, this is fucking weird. He's in this cat suit, blah, blah. They're like, this is creepy. And I was like, no, no, no. All right, I follow Katie on Instagram, and I've been following Katie on Instagram since, you know, Matt James' season. This chick loves fucking cats, okay? I was like, no, no. This guy clearly did his research from right there because they're like, this is weird. This grown-ass man's in a cat suit. And he was getting hate from everybody inside too, right? Like, he's in this cat suit. What the fuck is this? He's in this cat suit. No. This was strategic because she is a crazy cat lady 
And she even admits it. But like I I follow her Instagram. I was well aware. I was like, oh yeah. You go cats. You are fucking in. Like, so that was a really good move. I, I had written it down at the moment I saw it. I was like, great fucking move. Because then, and this is where it gets fucking weird. This is going to be funny. If he makes it to Fantasy Suites, I swear to God they're going to have sex in that fucking cat suit. Um, because they had the most passionate fucking makeout of just about anybody I've ever seen in the first episode of a Bachelor or Bachelorette fucking season. While he's in this cat suit and she's got the cat ears on and the fucking paws was so clearly like giving her sexual energy with the cat suit. I was like, this is so fucking awesome. Like, it was just like perfect. I, I, because like everyone was like, the cat suit's weird. And I was like, no, this dude might have sex tonight. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because based on her Instagram, she is really in on the cats. Like, um, and let's see. Uh, you, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of like notable one-on-ones afterwards. Like I, I've talked about a lot of the one-on-ones afterwards, right? Like, you know, Brandon kind of getting, getting jiggy with it in the cat costume and, and James coming out of the box. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of – there was one guy who I can't remember his name now who has a kid and they kind of talk about that and that was that was kind of nice. Uh, Greg gives her uh, a macaroni necklace from his niece. Uh, I guess it's technically penne pasta if I'm not mistaken. So it's not macaroni but you know what I mean. Um, she seemed to really like that. I'm still just sort of like, oh, I mean that's, you know, that's cute but I'm kind of like, ah, just Greg. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the me- the next most like notable thing really about the whole episode is that with zero context, I, I mean absolute editing blunder, there's just this random like 20 seconds of like Aaron and Cody in a fight. Like oh, it's just... All of a sudden, this the Aaron's just like, I just don't like you. And that's that. And that's that's the long and short of it. you like, so I don't want to talk to you. I just don't like you. And Cody's like, well, I disagree with you, but that's all right. No fucking context at all. What the fuck was that? I was sh- like, because obviously it was late in the episode too. So I'm like quite a few drinks in. So I'm like, did I miss something? I, I was like... And everyone else was like, everyone else I was watching with was like, we have like, we have to like rewind or something because I, I we obviously missed something. We didn't miss anything. It literally just like tangent, boom, here, end of a fight. It was so bizarre. That was the possibly the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in 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 any of these shows. So, like, I, I was like, I, what the fuck is that? So, anyways, um, after, the, like, pretty much after that, we have the rose ceremony. Uh, there was nothing really notable at the, about the rose ceremony. There was some guy who looked like an anime character who I literally, they never gave his name. They, he didn't speak once. Um, he, I mean, this guy literally was, like, 
the most fly on the wall of all time. And the only reason I noticed him is because he looked like he had an anime hair- haircut. Uh, he So he obviously went home. That was one of the more bizarre things, too. I was just like, I, I can't recall the last time they didn't show him being introduced. They didn't show any intro video. I never saw his fucking name. Never once. He didn't have any one-on-one interviews. He didn't even talk. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Fucking anime character just was like randomly on the show for a couple minutes. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the other usual, like the other people you expect, uh, the creepy Jeff guy went home. Shocker. Like, how can you keep that around? He's fucking eating celery and shit. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think anybody else notable left. Like, there wasn't anybody where it's like, wow, really? She didn't connect with them or something like that. It was all people where I was like, okay, you gave me nothing. Like, I have half of them, I don't know their names, whatever. So, uh, rose ceremony, as expected. I mean, it kind of is usual in that that initial rose ceremony, right? That, like, there's, um, there's te- there doesn't tend to be too many shockers. Like, so that that was that and that was the uh first first episode of katie's season very excited to uh continue on with this uh like i've said i'm a big katie fan so we will see how this goes i'm i'm excited to see what they're going to do in new mexico and uh i think that's going to wrap it up on the episode for us so appreciate y'all tuning in be sure to uh follow and subscribe and you know follow the podcast instagram as well tell your friends about it if you got friends who are into the bachelor or bachelorette franchise send them these episodes uh it, you know it's a lot of fun to have the conversation w- with people afterwards about like what they thought so uh yeah please please give it a share and give it a like and, and whatnot appreciate y'all's time peace out Maybe you were waiting round for me to